Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington Church of Christ. I hope this will inspire you and help you grow in your faith as we see God move through His Word. Please stay tuned after to hear more about how you can help partner with us. Enjoy the message. Someone texted me last week and said, are we going to continue this series on prayer? Because they don't know how to pray. We don't, I don't know how, what words to pray, and I really want to learn how to pray. I said, yeah, let's, uh, let's, we will be continuing this uh, series on prayer. Today we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus knew that sometimes we needed a prompting. We needed words to say, and he would teach us the words on how to pray. Some people get confused sometimes, like what's the best position of prayer? And so, you know, in the Old Testament, kneeling wasn't a big time position of prayer, but like getting down flat on your face was a position of prayer. It kind of looks like this. I don't know if you can see me or not. Uh, that is, that's a good position of prayer. Uh, they would, sometimes they would stand and they'd raise their hands to the Lord. Uh, Jesus tells a story about a, a sinner who went in to pray at the temple and, um, he just kind of was in shame and beat his chest. And then we, you know, we learn praying, kneeling, and closing our hands. One uh, telephone repairman said his uh, most powerful position of prayer he found was hanging by his heels upside down 40 feet in the air from a telephone pole. He said that was his best position of prayer. But sometimes we need to know, we need to be taught what's What's the position of prayer? What's the language of prayer? What words could we use? And in the Lord's Prayer, what's called the Lord's Prayer, out of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us words to say and words to learn from and words to kind of start our prayers, prayer prompts, conversations with God. Praying should be a conversation we have with God. Well, I don't know how to start. I don't know what to say. So Jesus gives us these conversations that we can have with God all day long. Uh, some of you have heard, heard it before. I'm going to read the passage of Scripture. We're going to put it in context. In uh, Matthew chapter 6, this is uh, a bigger picture. It's, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. If we go a little bit bigger picture, it's written by the, uh, the apostle, uh, one, of the apostles, one of the disciples of Jesus, Matthew. And Matthew, when he wrote it, he wrote it to... Jewish people who had become Christ followers, and he put it into five sections uh, very deliberately because there were five books in the Torah, what they were used to reading, sections of five. And the Torah, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the law of Moses tells people kind of this narrative story on how to live. And then when Matthew um, writes about Jesus, the biography of Jesus, he puts his biography in five sections, and he has Jesus tell people how to live. And one of those big sections where Jesus says, this is what kingdom life is going to look like. This is what you're going to think like. This is how you're going to act. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And in the middle of that Sermon on the Mount is a prayer. Words that we can say and that we can learn from. But I'd like to think of them as conversation starters with God. So each section could be a different conversation you have with God. Um, let me read the passage. Then we will pray this prayer out loud together. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 9 through 13. We'll pray that prayer together. And then we'll, we'll break it down. If we don't get through every word of it today, we'll come back next week, okay? Okay, hang with me. Jesus' instruction on prayer as he was teaching people how to live this new law from Jesus. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. 
Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive... uh, uh, my uh, translation doesn't have it. It has it in the notes, but I think this goes in there. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I'll tell you why I think that goes in there and should not be taken out. But that's my opinion. Verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. Then he goes on to talk about more instructions about how to live. So this, then, is how you should pray. In Luke, when this passage is kind of taught, um, Jesus was, Luke either recorded it just a little bit different, or Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray another time. And there, the disciples went to Jesus and said, Lord, will you teach us how to pray? We see you praying. Would you teach us how to pray? And Jesus taught the very similar words. Would you mind if we pray this prayer together And then I want to make sure we understand what we're praying. Then we want to take those words that we understand and use them as conversation starters, prayer prompts, all day long with God. I kind of almost want us to stand up while we pray this. If you want to, would you stand up and pray this prayer with me? I'll put it on the screen behind me. If you can't stand up or you don't want to, that's okay too. Because remember, there's there's no instructed position. The best prayer is hanging 40 feet from your heels from a telephone pole. Here's the prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen may be seated. Amen. Now, if you uh, grew up in a denominational church, this, uh, this particular congregation is undenominational. We have a non-denominational congregation. Uh, you might have said that like every Sunday. Um, one, of the, one of the problems with repeating anything, we can have this problem with, we do communion every week. One of the problems of repeating anything, it, bec- it can become uh, meaningless. We just go through the motions. We don't want to ever go through the motions. Um, on prayers or communions. But if you grew up in a denominational church, you probably said that every day. I was talking to a friend of mine who went to a denominational church, and he, he said uh, this to me. He said, I don't like it that we don't say the Lord's Prayer every time we get together. But he also informed me that his idea of Christianity was going into a building, saying the Lord's Prayer, and then leaving, and he was done. He was done for the week. And he could be a Christian again when he came back on Sunday. That's not what this is for. That's not why we say those words together. It's supposed to be conversation between you and God that happens all through the week. And since Jesus starts with that phrase, our Father, we're actually supposed to have these conversations with God individually, by ourselves, quietly, secretly in our prayer room. But we're also supposed to do these prayers together with others in small groups, two or three, whenever two or three are gathered in my name, Whatever they ask for will be done. 
in larger groups, you know, 6 to 12, where we pray together and we take each other's prayer requests and we pray over our friends. This morning we met for prayer uh, before church started. And uh, I have a friend that is struggling with sickness and we prayed for her. And her husband is struggling because it's, he's, he's concerned about her and we prayed for him. And we have... We have relatives that are far from God and we prayed for them. And what we were doing is we were going to our Father who hears us. We were going together to Him in prayer. And that's where Jesus starts us. He wants us to go to God in prayer and have this intimate connection with Him. Our Father who is in heaven. He's telling us we can have this intimate connection with the father and it's not based on anything we do but it's based totally on who he is this started way back with the israelites the people he brought out of egypt out uh, during the exodus he said i choose you israel to be my firstborn son he called the entire nation his firstborn and he said it's not because you're the biggest it's not because you're the best it's not even because you worship me the best i'm just going to choose you for my purpose and my plans i choose you and i'm going to pull you out and you will be my children i will be your father this is what jesus is teaching us again that our father in heaven who is watching over and looking over he chooses us And we get to go to him in prayer, and he listens to us. It's all through Christ that this is made possible. When Christ, when he came and he was a perfect person, he never sinned, that enabled him to be a sacrifice in our place. Because he was perfect, he could die in my place. Because he was God to us, he could die for everyone's place, because he's that big. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, it gave us access to the Father. We're no longer separated by our sin between us and a holy, righteous, awesome, incredibly fearsome God. Jesus gives us access. Hebrews tells us that we can now boldly go before the throne of God and ask for the grace and mercy that we need. And God, who is a good Father, will give it to us. Jesus tells a story, all these stories about God, how he's a good father. He said, what father, if you ask for food, will give you a snake? And if asked for, uh, you know, what father would do that? No, he said, if you are evil who know how to good give good gifts to your children, God who is good knows how to give good gifts to you. And I love this part. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, he says, um, well, I, I don't want to mess it up. I want to say the right words. Our good father who is listening to us And hearing us tells us we should pray, Matthew, Mark, Luke, tells us we should pray and ask for the Holy Spirit, and then he will give it to us. I want to read the words so you know it's not just me saying it, but it comes from the Scripture. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Which of, I'll start in verse 11. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We need to be asking the Father, but he's a good Father. Our Father in heaven is a good Father. And here's his desire for us. He desires... To gather all people and save all men and bring them to him so that they can know him where he will be their God and we will be his people. 
This is our conversation starter with God. We can start every prayer this way, going to God, um, focusing in on him, uh, telling him how great he is, adoring him, praising him, thinking about him. And if you could imagine, if you could imagine that your good and perfect father is listening. He's listening to your prayers. He's taking them in, and then he is answering because he knows how to give good gifts. He responds to our prayers because he's a good father. But Dale, I've been praying, and I'm not getting what I want. Well, I asked my mom for a bazooka when I was six. She never gave me a bazooka, probably because she knew that wouldn't be exactly good for me. When we go to God our Father, since He is wiser and smarter and can see further ahead, and we ask for something, He responds and He gives us what we need out of that prayer that will grow our character to be more like Christ. And sometimes when we ask for a bazooka, He says, ah, you don't need that right now. But here's what you do need, and I'm going to answer this prayer because this is what you need underneath that desire. And when I give it to you, it's going to grow you closer to me and it's going to grow your character to be more like my son, Jesus Christ, and it's going to perfect you and that's what I want for you most so that you can know me. God, I'm praying for my friend to be healed. (laughs) There's not the healing that's coming that I'm praying for. And he says, yes, but you are drawing closer to me and your friend who is sick is drawing closer to me and I have promised a resurrection. I have promised a healing that is better than anything you can imagine. And if you're patient, I'm going to give your friend the healing that they'll never have to suffer again. But do you trust me? And I go back to that prayer. Father, Abba, Daddy, I trust you. One of our elders on sabbatical, his name is Matt Noggle. It always weirds me out when he prays because he's so intimate with Christ and he starts his prayers this way. Daddy, and that's because he's that close to God. And Jesus, he says, this is the words you should pray. You should call him Daddy. You should be that close because he is listening and responding and he loves you. Well, if you're not that close, how do you get closer? You read the scripture, you find out how he wants you to think, how he wants you to live, who he is. You pray in private, then you pray with other people, our Father, and you grow closer and closer and closer, and you can become so close that you just say, Dad, I I need your help today. And he listens, and he responds. Isn't that good? Can't you do that all day? This is a prayer prompt all day. Go to your father in prayer all day. When um, I challenged us to, to be praying the Psalm 23 before we woke up and before we go, or as we woke up and uh, before we got out of bed in the morning and right before we went to sleep, I was practicing this. Uh, I, I regret to tell you that I haven't been practicing in the last couple of days. But during that t- stretch, during that stretch where I was practicing that every day and I would deliberately walk through Psalm 23 before I got out of bed, and I would deliberately really focus on meditating on Psalm 23 before I went to sleep. I was praying this. Uh, This is the craziest. I would wake up in the middle of the night. I wake up every night, I think, and I would be in prayer in Psalm 23. 
And I would find myself getting distracted. I would wake up and find myself getting distracted. And I would pull myself back into prayer in Psalm 23. But not because I was putting forth an effort. Just because I was practicing it and it became a habit in my brain. If you wake up praying, you think, oh man, I've made it. And then I got up and I sinned. (laughs) But it is drawing me closer to God, praying. Closer and closer and closer. That's the goal. Our Father, who art in heaven. There's another prayer prompt Jesus gives us. See, I want to spend a lot more time on why God is so, can be so intimate. But we, I, got, I want to get through the whole thing. But, you know, he draws us in. He calls us his children. He adopts us into his family. We become brothers or sisters with Jesus Christ. If we're brothers or sisters with the king, we also get an inheritance that is stored up for us. We also get every spiritual blessing that is in Christ. We, every promise that has ever been made is true in Christ and is available to us. We also get the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and that's what we pray in. I want to spend more time on the intimacy of God our Father, but I need to move on. But if you pray our Father in heaven and you focus and meditate on how God is listening and is going to respond and you ask him what you want, what he wants you to do, he'll tell you, he'll, he'll, he gave you the word, he tells you what he wants you to do. He has friends in the church that will can say, hey, here's what the word says, here's what he wants you to do. He will give you purpose, he gives you identity, he changes your life. Our Father, this is the prayer prompt of Christ. There's another conversation starter that Jesus has, our Father who is in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Now this, this is a weird translation in English and it comes over from the King Jimmy translation and it's okay, but it doesn't quite give the ask. That's an actual ask in there. There's a, um, uh, there's a in, in, excuse me, an imperative, a command in there. Make your name holy. That's what that means. Hallowed be your name. Make your name holy. Make your name holy. When I was uh, studying uh, this Lord's Prayer, and Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, I was reminded of a, of a proverb that says, um, God, give us what we need to eat today. Don't give me too much, because then I'll forget you. I won't have to rely on you. And don't give me too little, because then I'd have to steal to eat, and then your name would be embarrassed, you know? So give me just what I need. And I always thought, you know, if Jesus maybe drew that part of his prayer from Proverbs, And I thought, if Jesus drew that part of his prayer from Proverbs, is there other parts of the Lord's prayer that he draws from Scripture? And it turns out, I don't think he was drawing, give us this day our daily bread from Proverbs. I'll tell you where I think he's getting that from in just a minute. But there is, every part of the Scripture is drawn from, every part of this prayer is drawn from Old Testament Scripture. I was amazed by this. I want to take, I want to spend time and take you through each Scripture. I won't, because I get, I fell asleep when I was doing it for myself so it's boring but every word in the Lord's prayer is from the Old Testament scripture and they're connected to they're connected to scriptures that talk about the exodus when God rescued his people out of slavery out of Egypt and was taking them to the promised land they're connected to the messianic promise that God is going to send a new messiah an anointed one to rescue us and take us to a new promised land and they're connected to future prophecies when God gathers all of his people under a new king and heals everybody forever. All the scripture from the Lord's Prayer, these little sections, these little prayer prompts that we get to go to him and and we talk to him about, are connected to Exodus typology, a repeated pattern where God rescues people and brings them home 
connected to Messiah prophecies, God's going to send the Messiah to rescue you, and to future prophecies, God's going to take us home. That's the heaven, you know, where we say, you know, uh, God's going to make all things new. And so when um, that word, make your name holy, there are passages in the Old Testament where God says, I am going to make my name holy. We did it this in Psalm 23 when it says, He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He is the one who makes His name impressive. And uh, the passage, one of the passages of Scripture that does that is out of Ezekiel. And um, here's what God says. Uh, it's, it, if you want to write it down, you want to read it later, I, I encourage you to do that. Ezekiel chapter 36, Ezekiel chapter 37, you'll find elements of the Lord's Prayer all through there. But God says this, uh, this uh, prophecy. He said, listen, the people who don't follow me have rebelled against me, and the people who do follow me has rebelled against me. Anybody ever rebelled against God, done something they're not supposed to, thought something you're not supposed to? taken something that didn't belong to you, said the wrong word to somebody else, didn't offer forgiveness as soon as you were slighted, didn't offer grace when somebody deserved Anybody ever done any of those things? You don't have to raise your hand because I know you've done it. Because we're people. He said, the people who are far from me rebel against me, and the people who are close to me rebel against me. So here's what I'm going to do, because I want my name to be holy. I want people to know how awesome I am. I'm going to come in, I'm going to gather those people together, and I'm going to clean them. I'm going to take out their hearts of rebellion and put in a new heart that obeys me, and they're going to call me Father. And I'm going to make my name holy among all nations. There's one particular phrase that I want to get out of this Ezekiel passage that we need to hear. And this tells us how we get to help in the process. This prayer is a kind of a conversation about what God is doing in us and through us. Oh, it's so one, one thing I didn't say. Ezekiel, I'll just have to try to remember it. You have to trust me. <laughs> Look it up, though. Don't just trust me. Look it up. He says... I will teach them my statutes, my laws, and they will walk in my paths. And when that's done, people will recognize I'm holy. That's what God says. I'm going to gather the people together. I'm going to sprinkle with them with water and cleanse them of their sin. I'm going to take out their heart of stone. I'm going to put in a heart of flesh, a heart that knows my commands. I'm going to teach them my decrees, and they're going to walk in my paths. And people are going to know I am holy because of what I've done. I have set them apart. I have made them right. And I do that all the time. People are going to know I'm holy. Our Father, who is in heaven, make your name holy. How do we do that? How do we... How do we join in to God's purposes to make his name holy. Well, in this big passage of scripture that Jesus is talking, he's giving us commands of what kingdom life is going to look like. If you're in the kingdom, this is how you're going to think, and this is how you're going to act, and this is how you're going to respond. If somebody slaps you on one side, you turn to him the other cheek. He's talking about kingdom life. This is how you're going to live, and you're going to look like Christ. And when you do that, you learn how God wants you to think, and how he wants you to speak, and how he wants you to act, and then you teach others how to think 
speak and act in the kingdom, this makes God's name holy. We get to join and participate in his job to make his name holy. And when we pray to God, make your name holy, all of a sudden we are reminded that we have to go back to the scripture and see how he wants us to think, speak, and act. And then we get to go share that with others with our lifestyle and our ability to be gracious. And then we get to, and they, they respond. They say, hey, why is that person so gracious? Why is that person so forgiving? Why is that person so loving? And we get to say, it's because of what Christ has done in me and God's name is praise. And then they say, I want that. And then they come over and we start telling them about Jesus, how to think, live, and act. And all of a sudden, they start changing and the kingdom multiplies. Making God's name holy. It leads right into your kingdom come, your will be done. But hold on, before we get to that, um, one of the things that I get to do that I love doing, um, that I'm very grateful that I have the opportunity to do, is I get to teach uh, karate. And what we do in in our dojo is we train Christian leaders using martial arts. I have two new students, um, that, uh, I was training, and, um, Every time we train, we talk about God, and we talk about Christ, we talk about how he helps us bring peace to others. And um, the two students that I have, uh, it was just one student last week for this one session. And I was talking about Jesus and how he allows us to, to uh, control our bodies and our emotions in a way that honors God. And uh, we get to bring about peace using the martial arts. And um, we always end, we start with prayer and we end with, a small devotion. And um, this high school student of, of mine, we got to talking, and uh, he, he always is respectful and listens. And it just wasn't, I didn't feel like I was making a connection. And I said, um, have, you, have you ever heard any of this stuff before? And he said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Never had heard about Jesus. Never had heard about God. Never had heard about how to think. I said, hey, let's just take a break. We need to talk about who Jesus is. Because I got the opportunity to do that. I don't know if this young man is going to turn to Christ, but I'm praying for his soul And he is interested in martial arts, so that gives me connection where I just get to talk to him about Jesus every week. And and whether he wants to hear it or not, he he loves learning about karate, so he's going to learn about Jesus at the same time. But when we have those opportunities and we share what Christ is doing, it makes God's name holy. When we plant seeds of faith, it makes God's name holy. When we water those seeds of faith, it makes God's name holy. God will make those seeds grow. When we sent Emily to Port William, she went there and she planted seeds of faith and she watered seeds of faith. A month ago, Virgil, the preacher there, he's been there about three years, he was in our prayer group. He said, guys, I'm so discouraged. I haven't seen any fruit of my labor. I don't think anybody's being changed. I can't see anything that's happening. Our church is not changing fast enough. And we prayed and we prayed and we said, God, you just keep encouraging Virgil. Give him strength to continue to pray, continue to lead, and continue to teach. God, continue to grow that church, continue to grow and change their character. And we prayed together. We were making God's name holy. 
And that was the week he called me after we had prayed. He said, Dale, I got to tell you, can we use your baptism at baptistry? We, we don't have one in our place, but we have three students that want to be baptized. I said, Virgil, weren't you just saying you haven't seen any fruit of your labor? Weren't you just discouraged? He goes, man, I'm, I'm so excited. I think I'm going to stay discouraged. And then he called, me, he called me the next day. He said, hey, we're going to have more than that. And, and you got to see it, six baptisms from his church. His church is only about 25 people. But the kids showed up. They showed up for Emily. She taught them about Jesus. They didn't come back. She came another summer. They showed up. She taught them about Jesus, and they stayed at the church. And they're teaching them about Jesus. They've started Sunday school. And God is growing. His name is made holy. See how he gathers them in. See how he cleanses their hearts. See how he teaches them his ways and his name is made holy. This is a good prayer prompt. God, would you make me obey? Help me to obey. Give me new desires and I'll make your name holy. Help me. Give me opportunities to share Jesus Christ and I'll make your name holy. We can do that all day. Today we have a memorial service for, for Ken Dameron, one of my, uh, good, a friend of mine. And um, uh, the memorial service will start at 3, visitations 2 to 3.30. It's going to be right out here in this room. And probably there will be people there that don't know who Jesus is. But when they come in, co- in contact with our church, our church family, who is making the name of God holy, they start saying, ah, there's something about that church I want to know about. And then we get to share Jesus. We get to plant a seed of faith. We get to water a seed of faith. And we just say, hey, God, make your name holy. Make it grow. You get opportunities like that all the time. But if we're in prayer throughout the day, God, help me make your name holy. He'll reveal to us an opportunity. That person needs to hear about Jesus. That person needs a hug. That person needs to be forgiven. That person needs grace that only you can give through Jesus Christ. And it makes God's name holy. This is a good prayer prompt. What if we take a break right here before we get to your kingdom come. No, I can't. I want to keep going. Okay, let's just leave it like this. Let's just leave it like this. When we make God's name holy... We start building a community of love and forgiveness and justice and truth and grace and gentleness. And that is God's kingdom come to earth. And we can pray that too. God, help us build that community. If you're not in a small group of other believers, I would encourage you to do it because this is how we bring about the kingdom of God. If you don't have a a family that prays together and meets together and worships God together, that's what we do with our small groups to recreate that. And we get new brothers and new sisters. Uh, a lady who comes to our church uh, complained to me a couple of weeks ago. She said, I don't have any biological family. I don't have parents. They're gone. I don't have brothers and sisters. I was an only child. Um, I'd never had any children. My husband has passed away, and so now I don't have any family. And God says, we get a new family when we come into the church. We get new moms and dads. We get new brothers and sisters. We get new children to help raise up in the the faith. That is what we do as a church. And we know that those intimate connections happen in small groups that care for one another. Our Wednesday night group starts at 6.30. If you don't have a, a group that you're involved with, come on Wednesday night at 6.30, and we do soul care for one another. Sometimes we're good at it, sometimes we're not good at it. 
but we create a family. When we do that, we are doing the prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're creating communities. That's where we're going to stop today. And we're going to come back and finish up uh, Matthew chapter 6, Lord willing, uh, next week. And these prayer prompts, how to pray. And so what, we, what you do is when you go to prayer, when you do it individually, you start imagining that God is listening and will respond and trust that he is going to respond with the best answer that is best for you. And then throughout the day, you know he's listening and he's drawing you closer and he's drawing, trying to draw other people closer and you ask him, help me make your name holy. Whether I'm at school or work or goofing off, help me make your name holy. And then as you start praying that prayer and you start doing it throughout the day, you're going to bring about a kingdom change in your own life and the people around you. You're going to start building communities of faith where it starts spreading out. And even small churches in Port William start catching what God is doing. And we get to give him praise for that. Would you let me pray for you? And then we're going to respond to God by going to communion. God, I, I thank you for allowing us to come to you. I thank you for hearing our prayers. And you are so good. Would you help us this week make your name holy? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One of the ways that Jesus gave us the way where we could connect with him is the sacrifice of Christ. We now get to go to the Father and have an intimate connection, even so intimate that we get to call him Daddy because of Jesus Christ. Kyle Eidelman, who is the preacher at Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, they have about 20,000 people that attend there on Sunday morning. I call it Six Flags Over Jesus. When he was a student preacher there, they had a rule that the only people, only men on the platform had to wear a tie. And he went, he was a 20-something kid. He went to the head preacher. He said, Bob, I don't think this allows me to connect with my contemporaries. Uh, he said, I know you have a rule, but I, I don't feel comfortable. It's not really my personality. I'd like to go on stage without a tie. And Bob said, <laughs> no way. He said, uh, Kyle, if you were going to meet the president of the United States, wouldn't you want to look good for him? And he said, Bob said, I knew I had him. And Kyle Eidelman said, well, not if it was my dad. And Bob goes, oh. And he let Kyle Eidelman go on stage without a tie. Uh, a couple of years after Bob... Um, retired he came back to hear Kyle Eidemann preach and he said he was on stage with a blouse and holy jeans and he said he just looked terrible and unprofessional and he said Kyle uh, finished preaching they baptized 150 people that hour he said maybe it doesn't matter but what you wear here's my point because of Jesus Christ we get to go boldly before the throne no matter what we're wearing no matter where we've been and what our character is, we can go to God, our Father. That's the sacrifice of Christ. And when we take communion, we're reminded that we can go to our dad. No matter what we look like and no matter what we've done. And as we consume communion, we take that bread and we take that cup, we're declaring Jesus' death and resurrection until he comes again, and that makes God's name holy. And we do that as a community of believers together. When we get together, that's the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. When you take communion today, you are praying 
the prayer of Jesus. I'm going to pray for our communion. Then we'll go to Christ together. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. Would you allow this moment of communion where we're reminded of Christ's death and resurrection, would you allow this moment to remind us spiritually that we now have access to you and would you help us become so intimate with you we can call you dad? As we participate in communion today, Lord, we're reminded of Jesus' death and resurrection. We're making your name holy through his work. Thank you for this kingdom life you've given us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this ministry has impacted you, I ask that you would pray and consider partnering with us financially so that we could continue to minister here in our community and beyond. Visit us online at wcconline.org backslash donate to find out how you can be a part of what God is doing here. Thank you again for joining us, and I hope to see you back here next time.